Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 731. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including the postage and handling. I've got a powerful, another powerful message from the Word of God, and um, I've got some music, and I've got some letters for you to hear from all over the world. The letters come in. Yeah, we really, uh, we've never solicited them, but we really appreciate them from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. Right now, let's pray. Lord, anoint this service. Uh, give all the, we give all the glory and honor and praise unto you, Father, because we know that you're winning souls through the things that you're giving me to say on the radio and the literature that you've given me to write all over the world. I'm uh, winning souls, and it's you, Father. All the glory goes to you. We ask that you continue uh, anointing on this program, that souls will be saved, Satan will be bound, uh, and the people in the world will be healed, and that they will have prosperity, that they will not have to worry about where the next meal is coming from. Lord God, we don't need to worry about any of these things because you feed the sparrows, and how much more are we better than sparrows? And that the church be strengthened, Lord God, lift people up, lift their spirits up uh, to continue on marching in this great work. Onward, Christian soldiers. Praise the Lord. Lord, we uh, thank and praise you for all the things that you're doing for us on a daily basis. We give you all the glory. And, Lord, we ask that you continue doing it in the name of Jesus. And everyone says amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Here's a new song that I just recorded. It's called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Jesus is my friend because he showed me that he existed. He showed me there was a heaven and a hell. And he delivered me from hell. He showed me the way, that he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one can take his place. What a friend we have in Jesus. Sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often. Everything, everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? 
discouraged. Just take it. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? people today and you just imagine when you pray to the Lord it isn't like anything else because God can change the entire environment of the whole world in just one split of a second he can do more by you praying to him than you could do for yourselves or the people that you're praying for in thousands of lifetimes he could just do it in one split of a second just as quickly as he made a man full of leprosy, white as uh, snow, uh, white, pure white as salt, to just make it disappear instantly. So praying to the Lord, what a friend, what a friend that we can go to him with everything that uh, we need and just rely on him that he keeps his word and trust him. Trust him because he says that he'll do it and he cannot lie. So trust the Lord. I, everybody, everybody in this world has problems. Get to the Lord. Get up to the throne of the Lord and uh, cast your cares upon him. Let him know what the problems are. He knows, but he wants to hear from you. Because the rule is, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find Knock and it shall be opened unto you. 
And uh, that's what I'm in the business of, is preaching the reality, the truths of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take it to him in prayer, to the living God, through Jesus Christ, and in Jesus, the name of Jesus Christ, and he'll do it. So what are you waiting for? You know, you want the wars to end? Uh, don't You can't rely on presidents of the United States. I don't even think of such a thing. Jesus never did either. He never says, well, let's, you know, vote for Herod or punch his pilot or whatever, and they'll take care of all of our problems. Forget about Obama's not going to do anything for you. They keep saying we're going to change the world. That's what every one of them has said, and it's worse than ever before. And the Bible says, God says, Jesus said, everything's going to get worse and worse. So don't trust them. Get to the Lord in prayer. It could be that the Lord wants you to move someplace. He may want you to get out of where you are now because he might uh, be uh, going to send down some sort of plague on the area that you're at. He may want you to sell what you have and uh, go somewhere else. You won't know unless you ask him. So uh, we have such a friend. There's nothing. There's no one like him in the entire universe there's the only one god there's only one jesus there's only one savior there's only one who will hear and answer your prayers you may think that he's too busy to answer you doubt the power of god and how brilliant uh, how magnificent his brain is you don't have any idea i didn't either until one day in an office the lord came down and i knew the magnitude, I mean, it's just, you can't explain. It's no way, and I'm pretty good uh, now and then with words, but I can't explain uh, how magnificent and how over, uh, all-encompassing his power is. He Everything that is in the world and the universe is included. He is an all-inclusive God. He's an all-inclusive Savior. There isn't any corner of your soul or your mind or your spirit that he doesn't know about. He knows every thought, every intent of everybody. And so stop doubting the Lord. Get to him in prayer. You need something for sure. You know, uh, I know that, you know, if I said, well, some of you have got cancer, there's somebody out there that's got cancer. Of course there is. There's millions of people with cancer and AIDS and everything else. That would be very foolhardy of me to say, there's somebody out there that God is healing. You want to know something? He's healing everyone that is uh, calling on him and all those that have asked him to come into their heart. He will. And he's... uh Everyone that is asking, they're receiving. He doesn't make idle promises. He's not like the people in the world that tell you one thing and do another. He's not a robber like the government is. The government takes hundreds of millions of dollars away from people and they send you a check, you know, to stimulate the economy, 600 bucks. What does that do? Uh, you fill your car up uh, three times, four times? What is it, huh? That's <laughs> a funny joke. It's uh, funny if it weren't funny, okay? It's not funny at all, okay? So um, that's stimulating the economy. Uh, we're being sold down the tubes. If we don't even think about that, those of us that are Christians, because the Lord is going to provide for us no matter what. No matter what the economy is, if you trust in him, if you're praying to him, take it to the Lord in prayer. Amen? Amen.
All right, and that's all you have to do. I mean, if uh, I don't know of um, too many other ways to encourage people to pray or to pray to the Lord. It's just everything is provided, providing you ask. Knock, seek. You know, you're too busy with things that are of no value to you. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, play watching basketball, football, baseball, ping pong, billiards, poker playing, and all the different things that you see when you're surfing the TV. And you're going to do you any good. It's going to do good when you lay before the Lord on your face and cry out to him and ask him. Tell him of your troubles. Uh, he's, you've got a listening ear there. He's not going to say, you know, have a good day or how are you? And then walk away without you having an opportunity to tell him how it is with you. He knows anyway, but he wants you to trust in him, to call on him and to do what he tells you so that he can fix you up for good. He wants to fix your problems, make them to where they go away. That's why, you know, somebody had, wrote the, had written this beautiful song. What a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. He bore them, but he doesn't want us to sin anymore. All right, so we're reading from what chapter is it again? Five. Chapter 5? Yes. Okay, and I go back one verse usually is what I do. Uh, verse 36. And he spake also, Jesus did, a parable unto them. No man uh, puts a piece of uh, uh, a new garment upon an old. In other words, you know the Old Testament so good, and it's very good to know the Old Testament, but the Old Testament doesn't provide uh, the conclusion of the matter. When Jesus came into the world, here's the new covenant. And some of the people just think, well, it's going to be the same old, same old. Same old thing every day. Same old thing. And that's where people have gotten into a groove that call themselves Christian. They just say, well, we'll go to church. We'll go to eat chicken. We'll go eat here and go there. And it's going to be the same thing tomorrow and the next day. No, this is the new thing now. Uh, you people are, um, uh, not up to speed. You're not into the New Testament. And we see, uh, I read the Old Testament all the time because there's no way that I could even bring to you the book of Revelation unless I knew the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament, especially in the book of Daniel, tells us of the things that are going to be happening in these last days. And the things that are happening these uh, uh, last days are mentioned in the book of Daniel and in the book of Revelation. Uh, and uh, so the conclusion of the entire thing is the New Testament. So this makes you believe the Old Testament all the more when you uh, know it and you see that all the New Old Testament has been fulfilled in the New Testament. But he's telling these Pharisees and these Christ that don't know anything about uh, becoming one with Christ. 
and with uh, the brothers and sisters becoming one in Christ, we have to wear a new garment. And uh, we can't uh, just say, well, we have the old garment. Uh, we can't uh, would say that. We have to say we're converted now. In the Old Testament, people did not have uh, the living God, Christ, with the Holy Spirit living in them and walking in them. They didn't. Uh, there was no provision for that at that time. It's just told of these beautiful things of the new garment that was going to come where people could wear it. And they could be part of the new garment, part of Christ, members of his body, members of the true vine, members of the tree, branches of the tree, branches of the new vine. No man puts a piece of a new garment upon an old. Uh, it's not saying that we shouldn't know the old because the old tells us of the new. Uh, but yet uh, I might have an old suit. And uh, there's a new style that comes into the world, you know, where, I mean, I think it's really good and I like it. And so I go down and have this new style of suit. But I'm not going to take part of that suit, the new one, and try to sew it on to the old one. I want to be dressed in style, everything new and good. Okay, so that's what it's saying. If otherwise, then both, then a new maketh a rent. Yeah, the new is, it just won't fit. It just doesn't do it. So you got to come out of the old and wear the new garment, but still remember the old, that you're wearing something that the Old Testament told you about. And if you're ever going to become a preacher of the Word of God, you've got to know the old. But uh, you've got to wear the new. And the piece that was taken out of the new agreeeth not with the old, because the old tells you that the new is coming. There's a New Testament. And that you can't sin anymore. And you can't. You, uh, you cannot, with the New Testament, you're able to overcome sin. The Old Testament, they couldn't do that because they didn't have the power of God in them. So they had to get their sins forgiven on a yearly basis. They had to go into the temple and they had to bring sacrifices. And uh, So this is not agreeable with the New Testament. The New Testament just says that we have to have God Almighty, the triune God living in us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, well, then we have, we're suited up with the new garment and we're not going to go back to sacrificing or thinking that we can sin and bring a sacrifice every um, year because Christ only died once. And that's uh, permanent uh, for people. It's a sacrifice that is done once. And then the Bible tells us if after we've been filled with the Spirit and we've tasted the good word of God, and we start going back thinking that we can be forgiven again and again and again. The Bible said that you're like a dog going back to your vomit, a sow to the wallowing in the mire. Uh, it just is not scriptural. Right here, the Lord is talking about that. 
And he's talking in a manner that it takes a person that has studied the scriptures well enough to know uh, so that they can understand it. The average reader, uh, the speed reads, they like to read the Reader's Digest and tabloids and things like that. Uh, nothing sinks into them because they're surface. They don't get deep. They have never gone deep with the scriptures because the fear of the Lord is not with them. They don't fear God and they don't keep his commandments. And so they're surface. They're on the surface, everything about them. Um, because the new and the old don't agree. My God, there's no uh, going back uh, into sin and then coming back again and going back into sin and being forgiven. Uh, that's uh, old hat, so to speak. Old hat, me lad, lassie. Uh, you can't sin anymore. Uh, because he died the sad, there's only one sacrifice. And if you've accepted that sacrifice and had all your sins washed away in the blood of Jesus and you were filled with the spirit and the triune God entered into you and you, um, have taken, you've denied yourself, you've taken up the cross and said what uh, you did, what Jesus told you to do. Now come and follow me and sin no more. Well, that's uh, the new garment. And it doesn't agree with the old. You're not going to sin anymore, my friend, because there's no more forgiveness. You can't bring a, a, a piece of a cattle or some kind of a cow or a bull or a lamb or a ram or a dove or a chicken to shed blood for you any longer. This is a one-time deal. And so you don't know what the scripture means until it's broken down to you. That's why the Bible says that you need to have teachers, preachers, evangelists, prophets, and helpers, people that will help you with your faith because you can be saved just like any other brother or sister or any prophet or preacher or teacher. Doesn't mean that you'll have the same position that they have. And if you, if you would have that position, praise the Lord. I would love you to prophesy also to me. But at any rate, now you are, uh, learning the Bible. Verse 37. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles. How could you get uh, you know, be walking in the Old Testament and then have the Spirit of God in you when that didn't exist then. Christ, the Savior of the world, has come into the world now, and he's the new wine. Uh, the wine, in this particular instance, is symbolic of the Holy Spirit living in, in you and uh, working in you. Jesus, you're now the continuation of the Lord's incarnation. Why can't you live the same way as the Old Testament? Because uh, his incarnation was not here yet. He, he was not here in the flesh at that time. And so now he lives by the Holy Spirit, by the life-giving spirit in human beings. And so we can put not the Old Testament uh, knowledge away. We have to have that knowledge in order to be able to understand how he fulfilled the Old Testament in the New, and how we are able to explain the Bible as well as we should, 
by explaining, uh, by knowing the Old and the New Testament. Otherwise, what good is it? The Old Testament, uh, the rules and regulations are still there, with the exception of forgiveness of sins. It only, it happened every year in the Old Testament, but now it happens once, and we become married to Christ. We're uh, united with him in spirit and in truth and in power. And until we know that, we won't have the signs to those that believe shall not follow them. Because if you don't know that you're saved, if you don't realize that uh, you have this new garment on, if you don't realize that the Almighty God, his son Christ Jesus, is living in you, Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. And if you don't realize that he's in you, well, then what do you have? Nothing. There's not going to be any signs and wonders following you. You're not going to be able to lay hands on people and they recover to touch the blind eyes and for them to be open. You're not going to be able to do any of the things to raise the dead, to pray and raise the dead. If you're not praying for one another, you see people falling away from the Lord and you just sit there. That's that's not New Testament. That's not the new garment of the Lord. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we can't just... Uh, know the scriptures and do nothing about it, that we've been called into service for the Lord. We have to walk by the Spirit. We have to be involved, uh, so to speak, involved in the work of the Lord. The Lord wants to work in us and live in us, not just to say, well, I'm saved. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I praise and thank the Lord. I clap my hands in the service. I sing the songs. I read the Bible. I no, you have to really do it. Just like James says in the book of James, he says, I'll show you my faith by my deeds, by the things that the Lord is doing in me. If uh, you just think it's uh, the same old, same old as it was in the Old Testament, uh, you're not thinking right. You haven't put on the mind of Christ. And no man puts new wine. I'm not going to go back to the old, to, into the old bottles. I'm not going to start sacrificing uh, uh, for my sins. I'm not going to sin anymore. There's no need for me to sacrifice any longer because I don't sin. Else the new wine will burst the bottles. You won't be able to stand because you're saying, okay, I can sacrifice some animals and get forgiven. When in reality, you've already been forgiven and you uh, have the power of God in you to not sin anymore. And so far, the Lord likens us as to bottles here and be spilled. How can the Holy Spirit live in a person that still believes that they should sacrifice animal sacrifices? You're spilling over. And the bottles shall perish. These People that do such things are going to die and go to hell. You go to hell. So, the, but the new wine must be put into new bottles. People that are living in the New Testament here. And both are preserved. If you're a new bottle, you're a new person, you're living in this uh, era of time, 2,000 years, the last 2,000 years, well then, 
uh, you're both, you're preserved. But if you begin uh, sacrificing unto, with animals, say, oh, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Here's an animal uh, that is symbolic of Christ coming into the world. I'll take my sins away. And then next, next year you do the same thing. You're an abomination to the Lord. A big time abomination. Verse 39. No man also having drunk old wine straightway uh, desireth new. For he uh, says, doesn't mean that he's right, because he's not, the old is better. No. I say the new is better. Amen? Amen? Because it gives me the power to not sin any longer, because there remains no more sacrifice for sin, folks. Christ is the one-time sacrifice, and you don't dare uh, trample the word of God, the blood of Jesus underfoot with your stinky feet. Well, my feet don't stink. I wash them every day. That isn't what I'm talking about. I'm talking spiritual matters here. Wake up and become spiritual. Amen? Amen. Okay, now we're into chapter 6. Have Luke. And it came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the cornfields and his disciples plucked the ears of corn and did eat rubbing them in their hands. Well, I've never rubbed corn in my hands. I mean, whenever I've been in cornfields and I have been in them a lot, but I just uh, shucked the corn and I just began eating it. So I really, uh, you know, they rubbed it in their hands, I guess, to loose it from uh, the, it could have been wheat, you know, where they just uh, rubbed that in their hands until the chaff fell off and then they uh, chewed on the wheat. And certain of the Pharisees said unto them, Why do you that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? Because you're not supposed to do any labor on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to be picking anything. You're not. There was a man in the Old Testament that actually uh, was stoned to death because he picked up a stick. You're not to do anything like that in the uh, in the Old Testament. But see, we're in the New now. We're in the New Testament where you walk in the Spirit. If the Spirit says it's all right to pick up a stick, if the Holy Spirit says, yeah, I know you're hungry and you're not going to be to a field where there's uh, food. And the Bible, the law is, is that every farmer is supposed to leave some food in the field, the corners of the field, for people that are traveling because they didn't have any uh, McDonald's or Wendy's or uh, any type of fast food restaurant or any kind of restaurant on the way. Because there were robbers then. They would have robbed them. They wouldn't have been able to stay in business that long. So farmers that didn't leave the corners of their fields with some food on it, were to be 
punished by the Lord. And so no people back then wanted to be punished by the Lord because they saw how destructive God can get. He sends locusts and uh, every kind of worm into the fields to wipe out your crop. And he can send sickness, disease, infirmities unto people that are disobedient because he doesn't like disobedient people because disobedience is the same thing as being a witch. And let me tell you something. The Lord doesn't like witches. He doesn't like uh, people that use Ouija boards and candles. And you see these programs that are becoming popular today where they're seeking after ghosts. Uh, these are things that uh, you're supposed to seek after the Lord, not after ghosts of people. It's true that they're around, but uh, you're going to, and you say, well, we're not getting in trouble for it. <laughs> you don't understand the New Testament or the Old. If you're uh, seeking if you, yeah, for ghosts and uh, or any uh, thing of the dead, it's a sin. And what's this guy that has the TV programs? Uh, he's, uh, the people, all the kids go for him today. Harry Potter. Yeah, that Harry Potter. Don't let your children watch that stuff. I mean, that's like getting into Satanism. He said, oh, come on, you know. No, you come on. Listen to the Lord. He knows best. If you want your children to go to hell, that doesn't show me that you're a very good parent. Not at all. So let's see here. It's not lawful to do on the Sabbath days, these people say. Well, when the Spirit is living in us, and like I'm hungry and I'm going through a, a cornfield or whatever, or I see an apple orchard, and I realize that the Lord says that's not stealing. That's not stealing, because the Lord provides for people that are hungry. And he, he's such a good God, you know, that he makes these provisions for people that are sojourning from one town or one country to another. And um, uh, so he's, if the Holy Spirit tells you, go ahead and eat, and then you're going to cling to the Old Testament and say, uh-uh, this is the Sabbath day and I'm not going to, Lord. You're evil and I'm good. No, you don't have, uh, you don't have a grip on the New Testament, yet you don't have the garments of righteousness on the right thing to do. And so the Lord says, do it. Just like he says, heal this person on the uh, Sabbath day. Uh, raise the dead on the Sabbath day. I don't care what people say. You're going to run into a bunch of these uh, phonies that are still living in the Old Testament days. They haven't received Christ as their Savior. They haven't received the living God in their spirits. They don't have the spirit of righteousness in them. They don't have the knowledge of God in them. He said, God said, my people perish from a lack of knowledge. And they don't have any wisdom. And the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is wisdom. And Jesus, again, uh, we hear uh, that uh, God told the people, he told Moses, he says, if people don't fear me, they're not going to serve me. And if they don't serve me, they're going to hell in the lake of fire. 
So he says, that's why I'm going to talk to him from the mountain. My big booming voice is going to rattle their internal organs. The hair on the back of their head is going to stand up. Because I'm going to recite the entire uh, Ten Commandments to them, and I'm going to cause fire to come out of the mountain. And I'm going to cause trumpets to blow loud enough to uh, penetrate their eardrums as never before. And anyone getting on that mountain, there's going to be smoke and noise, all kinds of noise. So, I mean, there's nothing more earth-shattering than something like that. I want them to know. And so... uh, the, the, the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. And if you don't get fear from uh, reading the Bible, and many of you have never read it, I never did, and the Lord talked to me personally and made me fear him from me not even reading the Bible at all. And that's why he sent me into the world to try to convey to you the feelings that I got when he started talking to me in that office. And he started uh, messing with my spirit my ears, I could, my whole body was an ear. Inside, the Lord was talking to my spirit, my soul. And this is where I really uh, got the fear of the Lord. And what happened, it started propelling me to go from one church to another, to read one book after the other. I went into libraries. I went into bookstores to try to find, uh, go into the religious area and try to read it. I saw these guys that had hats on that looked like uh, the hats of Merlins and guys with long beards, long gray or white beards. And I thought, man, they must know something. Man, they got all these uh, charms hanging off of them, uh, moons, half moons, crescent moons, and uh, stars and all this stuff. But uh, the Lord told me that if I didn't tell Jesus, uh, tell the people in the room about Jesus that he's coming back to earth again, that I would die. So I knew very good and well that the Lord, the people that are preaching that God never threatens anybody, God is all uh, lovey-dovey. Well, I knew that that was wrong because he threatened me. And then the, uh, after I got saved, I didn't get saved that day, but after I got saved, I read in the Bible that God threatens every one of the people, uh, Ezekiel, Moses. Uh, the whole children of Israel, he wiped them out. He wiped the entire earth out of human beings. People don't know God. They're listening to these false prophets, and the false prophets are liars, and the truth is not in them. Jesus is not in them. And so the Lord says, I want you to teach the people. Teach them the way that I really am, that I'm a terrorist. If you don't do what I tell you to do, I'll kill you. And I have killed millions of people. I'm going to be pouring plagues out on this earth. One third of the people of this earth, there's six billion people, two billion of them will die at one time. And then it talks about him taking other people out. Other people. Who ever heard of baseball uh, hail and uh, things like that? I, you know, I've lived almost 74 years on this earth and I've seen hail about the size of uh, a quarter and things like that in Lewistown, Montana, and places. But I've never seen anything like what's happening today. And I don't believe I've never heard of anything like that, either in the newspapers or on the radio. And so it's a new period of time 
We're getting close to the day when the Lord says he's going to start sending hailstones down on the earth that weigh around a 100 pounds. And they'll crash right through your roof. You could be eating your breakfast, uh, you know, your grits and your sausage and stuff. And here comes several hundred pound ice cakes blasting right into your house. And so this is the reason why we need, and if you get killed from one of them, or a tsunami, or an earthquake, and you're not saved, you're going right into hell. And so this is why the Lord called me, because a lot of people don't want to preach that. Uh, such a such a thing as that, the truth. Uh, they don't want to hear, the people don't want to hear the truth. They want to go to a place that teaches smooth things, that, you know, how to get along with your husband and, how to, uh, you know, uh, what kind of food to eat and what kind of pills to take and all this stuff. Uh, that is what the Lord called me to do. He told me to call, tell the people the truth. But the people don't want to hear the truth, and that's sad because it doesn't hurt me. I get as much credit for telling it to you as I would if, uh, and you don't repent whether you repent or not, I get the same credit. One of the people, I was over in a recording studio yesterday, and one of, group of these people came in that were friends of H.B. Barnum. They were from uh, Georgia. And uh, they said they came up to my church, and she couldn't believe it. It's the only church she's been to in her life that they didn't ask for an offering. I said, we never do. If the Lord, if you're not spiritual enough for the Lord to touch your heart, when you see the work that I'm doing for the Lord and you don't want to tithe and the Lord doesn't touch your heart so that you will give tithes and offerings to, so that you don't rob God and fall into condemnation because you rob God. Well, what am I going to do? Just get up there and start begging. God doesn't want a bunch of beggars. Uh, you know, and that's what it seems like to me whenever I have watched. I haven't watched Christian I uh, was supposed to be Christian. Uh, the Lord rebuked me when I said Christian. Supposed to be Christian television. I mean, I I just don't. That's the main thing they did is they drive for finances. And uh, for what? To put the same dead program on the air over and over again? It doesn't make any sense to me. And so we never really ask. We tell you what the Bible says that you should tithe. Otherwise, you're robbing God. But if you don't, that's on you, not me, fella, or uh, woman, you know, that's up to you. And we never do. And we always feed the food, she said, and it's delicious. We feed meals after each service. Never, uh, everyone wants to serve the Lord, anyone that does. doesn't make any difference what race you are. If you're white, black, yellow, red, pink, orange, whatever, you're welcome to our church if uh, you love the Lord and you want to keep his commandments, you keep the rules of the church as well. Uh, so these uh, Pharisees are saying, this is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day, not realizing that they're in the New Testament. That it is lawful if the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, it's lawful. And Jesus answering them said, have you not read so much as this? Uh, what David did you know, the Holy Spirit is known to talk to David. David was in the 
in the spirit. He prayed to the Lord all the time and uh, actually wrote the book of Psalms. When uh, himself was hungry and they which were with him uh, were also hungry. The Lord isn't a bad God, an evil God. If you're hungry, he's going to feed you one way or the other. How he went into the house of God and did take the and eat the shewbread and gave also to them that were with him, which uh, it is not lawful to eat. But for the priests alone. Well, the Holy Spirit must have been doing an early work there because David would have been smitten dead if it wasn't okay. So he heard from the Lord to go ahead and eat it. Okay. Well, it's not lawful to go marry a prostitute either, but Hosea was told by God to marry two of them. Why was he told that? Because He wanted Hosea the prophet to realize how stinky these women are. And he wanted to, he used them as a parable, these two whores, to show him how Judah, how Israel, how they they, um, were not keeping the commandments of the Lord. They're like a couple of whores. And so he wanted him to tell about it. Uh, how, what his life was like now, his two wives, if you will. So the Lord didn't care anything about those prostitutes. He just wanted to teach Hosea a lesson. Probably thought that women were gods, like the uh, government is trying to make people believe that they're gods, just like uh, Greece. Uh, the Greeks wanted everybody to believe in Diana, and the Catholics wanted everybody to believe in Mary, to pray to her. This is idolatry, folks, and it's not scriptural. It's actually Antichrist. So, um, uh, he, he went in there and ate it. Verse 5, and he said unto them that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Do you realize that I am God? I'm I'm a person, but God is in me, and he's telling me what to do. And if I'm letting these guys, these people that are with me, go and eat in the field, it's okay. Okay, I raise the dead. I walk on water. What do you guys do? Criticize those that can do stuff like that. I raise the dead, I heal the blind, I raise people. I fill them with the word of God, the truth. I'm instructing people into right, the right thing to do. God doesn't want people to go hungry. And actually today, in these last days, the Sabbath is 365 days of the year. The Lord uh, taught me these things. Uh, When we come to the Lord, that means that we're going to end our old former life, the things that we do. We're going to rest or Sabbath in the Lord. 
We're going to do the things that he says to do rather than the things that we choose to do. Uh, in other words, the Lord paid for us and therefore we're his servants and therefore we are to do what he says and not what we want. Anytime I see people arguing with me when the Lord is telling me to tell them to do something and they don't do it, that just shows me that the person is not of the Lord and they stink to me. Uh, I don't like people that um, just don't believe God. They're as worthless as anything on the face of this earth. They're as bad. They're the worst things on earth, people that don't believe God. And that's uh, where we're at in time, where people don't believe God. If they did, well, then there wouldn't be all the problems on earth as there is today. Well, I see that it's time to read letters. We've got uh, time for at least one letter. Where's the first one from? From Nigeria, Africa. Okay, let's hear it. It says, God is great, quote, but the saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, we have received the kingdom of God right here on this earth. We don't wait until uh, we go out of our bodies, our spirit. You have to receive the kingdom of God right here on this earth. And it comes without observation. It comes into your body by the life-giving spirit, Christ with his Father by the spirit energy. Then what? How happy I am writing this once to you, beloved Alamo. How wonderful it is to see a Jew spreading God's good news. How happy I am. Well, to we're the ones that did it in the first place. As a matter of fact, Jesus is a Jew. And God is the God of the Jews. We, everybody has to become a Jew if they want to go to heaven. Amen? Amen. Okay, go ahead. We've got just a minute. How happy I am to be part of God's army of the end time. A couple of weeks ago, God gave me a revelation, which after sharing, some church members looked at me as a heretic or a blasphemer. I told them openly and boldly that the Pope is the last king Daniel talked about. Quote, the ten horns are ten kings. Well, he's the next to the last king. The last king is Jesus. Amen? Amen. And he's forever and ever. Then what? The ten horns are ten kings which will come from this kingdom. After them, another king will arise, different from the earlier ones. He will subdue three kings. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and the laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times, and a half a time, unquote. Do you know what, man of God? I learned from a good source that their new agenda is to get out of stock the Louis Secund French Bible so they could bring their own with their own gospel to mislead the coming generation. Right, they're doing the same thing with many Bibles today. They say that the secular government is the rulers and that we're supposed to obey them. In other words, we're supposed to obey that it's all right to murder children, uh, babies, and that it's all right to commit adultery and fornication. It's uh, all right to be homosexual and lesbians, all these things. We're not to obey them, folks. You're to obey God, and him only shall you obey. Amen? Amen. Okay, then what? But will God allow them? Their end is soon. The judgment is sitting in heaven's high court right now to decide their fate. Amen. He says, quote, but the, but the court will sit, and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be handed over to the saints, the people of the Most High. That's right. 
His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will worship and obey him. Unquote. Daniel chapter 7 verses 18 and 27. I have gone through much of your literature posted to me on January. They arrived last week. I love the testimonies and profound truth you are exposing. May the good God continue to strengthen you. They might fight you, but believe me, they will not prevail. Oh, they might fight me. No, they've been fighting me ever since I got saved. Then what? Can God's word lie? Never. I received your encouragement and instructions. We really need Bibles and New Testaments, both in French and English. Okay, that's it. They're just asking for literature, and we've already sent it, so you don't have to read that. But right now, it's time to pray. It's time to receive the Lord as your personal Savior. And when you do, then you're in the New Testament. You have the new garment on and you have the power within you to never sin again. You may say, well, I'm going to miss sinning. No, you won't. Because the things that you loved before, you'll hate. And the things that you hated before, such as the gospel, and being saved, you'll love. That's what happened to me. I hated the thought of being a Christian. But say this prayer now to the Lord, and he will enter you and uh, make you exceedingly happy and rich uh, in uh, all the most important ways. Say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. I know because your word says that all that call upon you shall be saved. Therefore, I have called on you. I'm calling on you now, Lord. And therefore, I know you've heard me, and I know that you've answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. And just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord and share and tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 731. It's free of charge, including the postage and handling. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. This is World Pastor Tony Alama saying, tune in again tomorrow for another powerful message that leads you consistently on a day-to-day basis, one day at a time. That's the way to do it. Well, here I am anyway for you to hear a song uh, in the sweet by and by. What a sweet thought. I saw heaven. I know what it looks like, and I was more bummed out about not having gone then than I have ever been in my life. In the sweet by and by, all these uh, last songs I'm playing are conducted by H.B. Barnum. The, the, the choir that you hear is the Life Choir, and it's the Prague Symphony Orchestra. Praise the Lord. I'm going to heaven. How about you? Hope so. Where's the land that is fairer than day? And by faith we can see it apart. 
For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore You are bountiful Father above We shall offer our tribute of praise For the glorious gift of His love Blessings that hallow our days In the sweet by and by We shall be on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall be on that Let's all go to heaven, believe the gospel, and we'll be there with Jesus. Come on, choir! In the sweet, in the sweet 